welcome to episode number 95 of the uh, Keep Up Podcast. Where at least 50% of us are wearing fresh underwear. Hey, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, like bare bottom. <laughs> bare bottom. Um, uh, this, is, uh, this is the Keep Up Podcast where we are fans of things and me and my brother talk about the things that we're fans of. Do you think things are fans of us? Also, my brother and his brother talk about whether or not things are fans of us. Okay. Things are fans of us. Yeah. I can't. We can't. Like, I think my dog is a fan of me. Is that a thing? Yeah. I guess. People are fans of me. People, place, thing. thing. What are we describing? Nouns. <gasps> educational. Educational. Speaking of educational. Yeah, what's up? Recently, mm-hmm. I guess I've always known, but more... Hold up, <laughs> hold up, yeah. hold up. Uh-huh. What's about to happen here? I'm nervous. Uh, no, I just... Nothing. Okay. Listen. All right. So, uh, wait. Last week I talked about oh, Yu Yu show. You did. And, uh, you know, I said it was good oh, and bad and back and forth, back and forth. Okay. But um, you could, you might have to bleep this out. What? I'm not, not going to swear horrifically, but what I found out is there are words that are said in the show and yeah. that are part of a time that aren't around anymore now that you can't say now. Okay. Yeah. For instance, yeah. no offense to anybody. Yeah. But Yusuke, a lot in the show, calls people retarded. And he's like, you're a retard, and kicks the guy in the face. Really? Yeah. And like blatantly calls him retarded. And for us growing up, that's a term we used, not offensively. Well, yes, offensively, but it was widely used. It was like stupid. Yeah. And it was accepted as a word. Um, So that, and then the other word, he he called a lot of people midgets, too. And the yeah, and that, that one's really not really like, yeah. yeah. These these so these are words, and it's so interesting because I I didn't know at what point in my life I would get to terms that are not generally accepted anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I thought that was always an old person thing, but uh, you know, seeing yeah. it in a '90s anime, that's him, interesting. I don't feel like I ever like I can think of a uh, a movie or a show that I've ever seen like. Retarded used frequently. I watched um, another movie, Rain Man, recently. Yeah. Um, and Tom Cruise calls his brother. Do you know what that's about? Yeah, I've never seen it, though. Okay, it's really <clears throat> good. But um, yeah, Tom Cruise uses it, uses it a ton. Uh, yeah. The idea of the movie is um, Tom Cruise finds out he has a brother, and his brother has autism. Mm. And so Tom Cruise is not... Uh, he's like... he. Um, let me see. He acts like he's a really rich guy. Mm-hmm. He's not super rich, but that's how he acts. And so he calls his brother retarded over and over throughout the movie. Mm. Um, just because he's wicked, it's wicked, like intense in that way. Yeah. It's not like a funny movie at all. But, right, right. Um, what I oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say that's like, but you're right. I don't hear it too often unless it's specifically the subject matter, or I guess in this case, you Haka show. Well, what's interesting to me about that word in particular, I mm-hmm. don't, I don't use it in that way anymore, and it sound it like does strike my ear as kind of harsh at this point mm-hmm. but what's funny to me is i would never i never used that word in reference to anyone with a mental disability and i don't think most people would no we're definitely not it's used like 
Um, like, ah, oh, you're an idiot. Yeah, exactly. But also, idiot at a at some point in time mm-hmm. was extremely offensive. Really? Now it's just like when a was thing. that? I don't recall that. Nineteen fifty. <laughs> no, I have Shut no up. idea. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, like, if you look up the definition of idiot, because uh, mm-hmm. I think I did this before, and it's uh, uh, it was like you know there was dunce, and then there was idiot, and yep. it was like. Just, idiot's harsh. It's, uh, I still think idiot is like the harshest thing you can call somebody. It's funny though. It's a good use of the word, but you're right. It's like it's like anything else. I mean, it just means a. I guess it just says a person of low intelligence. So yeah. I don't know. It's but like it's uh, oh ignorant person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could have sworn I looked it up and it was much more harsh than that. But I for some reason I have in my head that there was a time where that was way more offensive. Yeah. And now we're just so far removed from its origin that mm-hmm. it's like whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, if its origin was just an unintelligent person, I guess uh, it could be offensive. If anything's yeah. like directed towards someone who, I guess, is either less intelligent or doesn't yeah. have certain advantages that other people have, I yeah. guess it's considered a slur. But it's like idiot doesn't have an application to anything typically unless you're either being like talking trash about someone mm-hmm. or you're just like goofing off with someone. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure you called me an idiot on here once or twice or talked about someone being an idiot. There's no universe where that's not the case. Right. Exactly. Of course. I. And to me, it, it means nothing to me, but to someone at some point it's offensive. Yeah. But you know, I guess we all know when to use these words and not. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. But so to me, I mean, I'll right. say I'll say it when he <laughs> called that guy retarded and kicked him it made me laugh because <laughs> a I haven't heard that in so long yeah um, and b just the context of the show was funny um, because the guy was like trying to kill himself or mm-hmm. whatever he's like what are you retarded and kicks him um, but uh, well that's like gay like I don't call stuff gay anymore yeah one of the funniest things in the world to me is when my gay friends call something gay <laughs> it kills See, me, that just made every, me laugh. dude it is so funny and what is funny about that i don't know I, maybe I know. it's maybe it's a because they can kind of thing uh, yeah i guess like i don't feel comfortable saying it but if like one of my gay friends calls something something gay mm-hmm. in that way i don't know it, but there was a it time always where, makes me laugh but i feel like there was a time maybe not acceptable but you could get away with saying oh dude that's gay like yeah, I mean, in high school. Yeah, may- so maybe there wasn't any barriers. Middle that school point. and high school. And I guess I got there were you just didn't care about right them, exactly when like. you're a yeah. teenager. I guess it doesn't matter as much. Yeah, like also, I mean, when like teenagers just do stupid stuff, Anyways, and like that's yeah. when I did the dumbest things, and nothing was off limits. You mm-hmm. would make fun of anybody. Yeah, even for like, I mean, this I'm sure wasn't everybody, but I feel like you don't have the understanding of like, don't make fun of someone. For, like there are certain things that it's just cruel to make fun of mm-hmm. that I would never now that I certainly did as a kid. Tisk tisk. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I me and my friends were ruthless. Mm-hmm. Dumb. Now, I, I admit it. I don't know if I was ever because I think at an early age I kind of understood uh, that you don't you know make fun of people if they can't like if. Yeah, you were generally probably a better person than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you were fine. You know, you had your ups and downs. But that's always. a teenage years too. Yeah. But um, it's just interesting to me because I guess, and maybe this is me like coming out of that that teenager age and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, granted, I'm 24 now, so I'm way out of that teenager <laughs> point. But I guess uh, I've actually noticed it. I realized it. Yeah. And it's terms that just don't fly anymore nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe they didn't fly when I thought they were, right. were good. Yeah. You well, know? That's the thing. It's just like cha- it changes culturally. And, yeah. Um, some people like certain things. 
you know, maybe it's oversensitivity, but other things I'm like, okay, yeah, I get why that's like, not yeah. Cool, you know? and, and, and that was my other thought. I was like, man, we live in a very sensitive climate right now. We do, but I think it's also hard because in some circles, it might, now this, there's, this is a very broad statement, but mm-hmm. depending on who you're around, it might be safer to say certain things. Yes. There are some things that maybe you shouldn't say regardless of no who you're around. Yep. But for instance, mm-hmm. uh, Maybe I'll use the example I used earlier. Maybe some of my gay friends wouldn't use that term around certain people so as to not encourage the use of it, mm-hmm. but maybe would feel comfortable using it around like close friends at which, in which case it's just funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Or like, I don't know. I don't know. That's the, that's the only example. No, I, can I think get of it. It's definitely, earlier, it's but... based in context too, you know? Yeah. yeah and, yeah. and depending on the situation and scenario, you mm-hmm. use it or you don't use it. Yeah. Um, uh, there's one uh, that I had, this was a couple years ago now, but a term that I just, first of all, I hadn't used it in like a decade, Mm -hmm. but I was, I I think I was using it as like ironically anyways. Like I was trying to be funny by using it because Mm -hmm. it's to me, it's a kid. It's a thing that little kids said. And I said something about like uh, my friend being an Indian giver Mm -hmm. and she was like, Ooh. And I was like, Oh, what is that like? That's like a slur. Mm-hmm. Like it, I never, it occurred to me in the moment. Yep. Like I said it and I was like, all at once, my brain was like, find the origin <laughs> of that saying before <laughs> you say it. I was like, oh no. What? So I like said it and she like recoiled a little bit and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's definitely a slur, huh? And she was like, yeah, like oh. kind of like, yeah, it is. And then I like, I forget, uh, uh, I don't know. It was just, I, it didn't occur to me until yeah. I said it and she was like, yeah. And but I just see, realized it all at once. I don't see that as bad. Mm-hmm. I know it's offensive. Well, I know it's offensive because people say it's offensive, mm-hmm. but to me, I guess it doesn't seem offensive. It's all in the origin of things. Yeah. It's like, and as a kid, that's like, that's what you said. And, or at least in the nineties, I guess it was said like that. Or like if you look up, um, the term in regards to like the, the origins, like if you look up the term broad, Mm -hmm. you know how, um, like, like, Hey, look at that broad. Yeah. Like that would, um, if you look up the origin of that word, uh, and realize what it is and why men would use it, mm-hmm. it is wildly offensive. Is it? Insanely. Oh. I'll let you look it up. Okay. Yeah, you guys at home do that too. I'll let you look it up. Mm-hmm. Yep. So interesting. And then that became, because that's accepted now, right? Like broad? I think people say it in like just joking around. Right, exactly. Like the context yeah. of the joke. But Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it's probably Now that not, you know the definition. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's also probably rude to be like, hey, look at this group of broads over yeah, here. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's, I say it in jest pretending I'm like a dude from the 50s. Right. But yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's weird. But yeah, you just got to be careful. Yeah. And uh, you also got to have some grace for people who might not know that they're saying stupid things. True. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, we all got to be open to correction and just uh, one love, everybody. All right. One love. Uh, thanks for tuning in tonight. This has been... Um, Peace, love, and happiness. Uh, peace, love, and happiness with Tim Chum Chum and um, Bretta Tootles. <laughs> Bretta Tootles and Tim Chum Chum. I don't know, dude. It's off. late. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> well, no, that was interesting. It just it, it just occurred to me while I was watching that show, and I was like, man, I wonder. That is funny. Yeah. I wonder what else I say that I don't know is offensive. Uh, yeah. I, I every now and then will have a thing that I'm about to say, or like, you know where I, I struggle, mm-hmm. and uh, there are probably even examples on the podcast. I'll be trying to talk about something like amidst our social climate or like cultural differences and things like that mm-hmm. and stumble over my terms. Cause I don't want to say something stupid or offensive. Yeah. Um, I've learned if you're going to talk about a harsh subject, you say the terminology associated with it. 
I think I think it's worth saying it because it it makes it more real, I mm. guess. Depending on the situation, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like if you're I can't think of anything really serious we talked about on the podcast, but um you know, like for instance, we're not going to talk about it, but what's going on in Hong Kong right now? Have you mm. seen all that? The I don't think so. Oh my god, dude, it's huge. Um, like I said, we're not going to talk about it, but <laughs> sounds um, like we're going to talk about it. Yeah, there's just there's a lot going on, a lot of revolts and all this stuff. But it would be more insensitive to step around what's oh, going oh, on. I, yeah, I have. Okay, yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, just all like I said, the the riots and all mm-hmm, that yeah. stuff. But um, uh, yeah, I feel like it's more insensitive to talk around the situation instead of say exactly what's going on there. Mm. You know, and that and there's like, or for instance, Trump being impeached, yes or no, right? Instead of just being like, oh, I don't really know. It's like, no, get the guy out of there he's crazy you know mm, like i, I don't saying. i don't have a problem saying that because i feel like it's it makes your opinion more valid so you're saying like be affirmative with what you're saying yes don't yeah. be af- don't be afraid at least that's how i tackle things. i guess the the things that i uh that i most fear is like mm-hmm. if i'm talking about like um or I, i'm trying to i'm i'm talking about say like the the black experience in america mm-hmm. for example or like that's, my perspective of that right i know that i'm not speaking from some as someone who has had that experience mm-hmm. but if i want to discuss it yeah i like i uh, i get nervous like consciously or unconsciously that i'm going to say something that mm-hmm. is not correct yes and if there's not someone in the room like i'm if i'm not having the conversation with like a black friend of mine mm-hmm. who can correct me yeah then especially like on the podcast or something like that i get nervous that i'm just putting something out into the air that's completely ignorant that's, white dude okay you know what i mean that makes um, sense so but it, it 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 depends on the subject but then if you're wrong at least it gives people room to correct you if yes you're, if, if we have any black listeners that's true. Which I just don't know. Uh, that's that's also true. <laughs> you never know who's listening on the other that's end. That's it. Hey, that's what Reflections is for. That is. To reflect on our blatantly racist comments. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing we're known for. Blatant racism. That's here on it. The Keep that, Up. That's, that's, you know, 95 episodes that we have. Or what is this? 95? 95, 95. Dude. 95. And we haven't been caught yet. What a cool intro. That is. I think it was cool. I liked it. Felt interesting. And then you started talking about racism and we lost. It. I'm not. Yeah, it's okay to talk about it. <laughs> I know. I'm just going back <laughs> on what I said. No, I think <laughs> you brought up racism. And I'm like, no, Brad, you're no, not just slow start. it down. Pump the brakes. <laughs> it's good to talk about what you want, but calm down. Calm it down. These terms, Brett. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That is great. So this is the keep up where sometimes you get introductions like that. Send us your slurs that you think are (laughs) are accepted or not accepted. I am curious what things I... I I don't know if there's stuff that I still say because I am pretty cautious about it. I have used Indian Giver recently. Really? Not... I think I just used it towards mom or something, but I thought nothing of it. It's an interesting one because now I'm trying to remember because what is it? It's... I think it's offensive because it refers to like the time that the land was taken from the Native Americans mm-hmm. and but was used I don't know. I, I don't know what it's in reference to. But I, it, it's something about that like land, mm-hmm. like giving and taking land, which is obviously like I mean we don't need to go into the history of <laughs> like America's subject. bloody past, but <laughs> freaking America, the um, worst history ever. Yeah, like uh, you know, but I think that's why that's why it's offensive and mm-hmm. um but you know, back to your original point about like watching older media or even um, what was it? I was there was something I was thinking about watching or reading recently, and someone told me you can get this version. Um, the you know they've like reprinted it or or re-released it. I forget what it is, but they had changed a lot of the language. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Or if you can find the originals, then they'll have some different language because some of the things that were printed then just aren't exactly socially acceptable now. Yeah. And it's funny, not all those things can necessarily be held strongly against the individual or individuals who created that thing. Mm -hmm. But at that time... It was just more widely accept- acceptable to say or do certain things. Yeah. And so it's funny that in that series, you just hear the word retarded peppered throughout it. Right. Whereas like even, I mean, even when I was in school, there were certain people who took offense to that mm-hmm. um, because they had like, uh, I remember in, uh, particularly I had one friend whose aunt was mentally handicapped and mm-hmm. anyone who said that word, like she, she would say something about it. And some people were like, oh, like who cares, blah, blah, blah. But that's where, like, we should probably respect, like... Right. You know, she gets offended by the word. There's no yeah. reason to use it around yeah. her all use the time. it in maybe a different word. Yeah. Just call people idiots. Or dummies. So many options. There's, there's a lot of options. So many ways to insult That's the best thing about the, the English language. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of ways to get around the I mean, bad stealing things. from other languages for generations. <laughs> we have so many options. There's a lot of words out there. Um, all right. We have some cool categories to get to oh. and some things I'm excited to discuss. Before we jump into them, yeah. let me take this opportunity. Opportunity mm-hmm. To thank our patron. Oh, our single Patreon our soul subscriber. Patron. <laughs> Sarah Daniels. Sarah freaking Daniels. It's cool because um, we, we've had a few and it's fluctuated. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're down to one. Just one survivor. That's fine. <laughs> I don't even mind. I appreciate it. It's cool because right now, uh, our expense is mm-hmm. basically just our, uh, our SoundCloud page. Yes. And uh, you're helping us keep that going. Mm-hmm. And I just want to throw it out there. Um, we mentioned it last episode, but um, we're going to update some things, simplify some things. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been obviously just focusing largely on the podcast because it's what we know, and we're, you know, I feel like we're pretty decent it's at it. It's our bread and butter, you know? It's our bread and our butter. Our butter. Oh, nice. And uh, I just want to shout out Sarah. Um, she has sent some feedback to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, and rightly so. You know, there's rewards promise on there that she's paying for. And we have been awful. We have not delivered. Not delivered. Man. Months. I feel like we said it. We spent a lot of time setting up that Patreon page. And mm-hmm. then immediately everything in life changed. And then <laughs> we couldn't do any of the things. It's seriously, like we set it up. We had probably like two good months. Because we yeah. had, I had backed up content. Yes. Editing and all oh, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, and we did, you did the remixes yep, and the stuff. Yeah, the remixes, the uh, outtakes. Yeah. Um, and we had, because we just had so much content all yeah. around. Um, but then yeah everything like i started working you um moved and got a new job yes um and <laughs> oh my gosh dude. i know and it all it was happened a lot. yeah which it was, was so crazy much. because we were both not working and living together beforehand right so we had we literally took days yes uh, and we did we filmed like five episodes we did the podcast we it was awesome it really was yeah and unfortunately, just time doesn't allow us to do that right now. Right. Um, um, but I, I, that's why I think we're going to kind of revamp and refresh because we're having, I'm having a lot of fun with the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, like my favorite thing of the week. It's, oh, Tim. <laughs> it's, uh, your weeks must kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I have to look forward to. Well, all the crap games no. and movies. Yeah. There's nothing to look forward to. And no. then I got schoolwork in between. It's just a mess. <laughs> No, honestly, I look forward to it. I've been stoked about it all week. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I wanted to shout out Sarah because she's the perfect example of what our goal is with this podcast. She interacts with us before and after. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to go through some of uh, her responses to recent podcasts. Uh, she responded about the Meg um, and said oh, it was Meg. terrible, obviously. <laughs> we had our episode about uh, shark movies. Did you watch um, the Meg? Have you seen I it? I didn't okay. watch it, but what was so funny is she, uh, you know, she sent me a message that, hey, I'm listening to the latest episode and I saw the 
the the Meg, but she accidentally typed the Meh, the M E H, <laughs> which I just thought was so perfect. Perfect because <laughs> she was like, which was absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, "Open water was depressing more than anything, mm-hmm. and the shallow the shallows with Blake Lively, which we incorrectly referred to as the reef for like eighty percent of that podcast. And then we switched it, though. We, we did it. switch yes. it. We caught it at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she said that was that was pretty okay. So she's seen her share of shark movies. Good. Um, I'm trying to think what else in here. She watched some Let's Plays on the uh, Blair Witch game, mm-hmm. which was cool. Um, she It's funny because from her perspective, she watched some of the... Uh, um, watching the Let's Play was not as engaging as playing. So playing, mm-hmm. it, it was just an interesting thing because she told me she got kind of bored with it for a little while. Yeah. Um, around the time, there's a certain part in the game where you're uh, doing things with this, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like that cart, like the mining oh, the, cart um, thing. What is that called? I don't know. I guess it's a mi- like mining a, cart. I was going to say like a tram, but that's like a train. Yeah, it's, it's a, not. A, it's not a mine. It's it's not a mine cart because that's like the big metal thing that you put coal in. Right, it's right, right. It's the one right. with the handles on the side, and you're like, ur, ur, ur. Yeah. but it's not that either. It's rail like, cart. She said rail cart. Yeah, yeah I, I something, think that's what it is. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. But there's this whole section in the game, and when she was explaining, I was like, oh yeah, that would be terrible to just watch. Yeah, even playing through it, it's cool because you get like a little freedom to walk around right. and stuff. But um, and there's some tension there when you're in control. But if you're just watching it, you're like, yeah. okay, here comes the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. And now he's walking like. I, yeah, I, there's a whole different realm when you watch Let's Plays. Right. You know, and I'll do it for certain games that I'm not, like, super interested right. in, but I like hearing the people talk yeah. about it. Um, so I'm like, and I get it. I get how the gameplay is not interesting mm-hmm. to watch. But that's cool that she watched some Let's Plays to get, like, a feel of it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Sarah, just wanted to shout you out. Thank mm-hmm. you for interacting with the podcast. Um, like I said, I want to start putting links back to the Patreon. And even if um, if you guys want to, you know, put anything towards it, if it's, like, a dollar, I just w- love shouting people out and interacting in this way. Yeah. Is there anything you want to suggest? Or I was going to say that's the best way to get people, um, like, you know, we always say like, oh, just send us an email or talk to us on Facebook. Uh, you know, if you're super interested, uh, we can have just a dollar tier and that we can open up. Oh, I didn't even think about it until right now. We could open up a Discord. Do you know oh, what Discord that's is? That's a great idea. Everyone's on. Okay, so maybe we'll either make it a dollar free, whatever we decide. Yeah. Um, but we'll open up like a platform for everybody to talk to and yeah. suggest. You can, you know, link YouTube videos, do all that stuff. Yeah. Um, that's a really cool we idea. We should do that. Yeah, I mean, you definitely uh, don't mishear me. You don't have to, uh, you know subscribe to the patreon or donate to interact yeah but that would be cool to uh make a community on discord yeah because people like uh and then we could yeah there's a lot of options we can do with that maybe set up game nights or whatever we want to do yeah um cool so so that's that'll be a platform where if you're really interested and either want to help us out or just want to talk to us uh, that'll be open to you guys and you could just do straight uh post and comment on our stuff so that would be sick yeah cool Um, so we just got to work on it, but we're there. We're, we're, we're like slowly getting back. I don't yeah. know if, when we'll do videos again. I hope we can eventually. Yeah, we we will. Um, I'm confident that we will. Yeah, um, I mean, we we know food challenges. We know unboxings. Oh, yeah. It's been a while, but I would like to... I just saw one the other day. Matt Stoney, you know him? Yeah, yeah. Like one of the best. He... Uh, challenged everybody out there. Uh, the most peanut butter and jelly sandwiches eaten in under a minute. What's, what did he hit? He hit... So the world record is six. Okay. The the world record, the guy before him. And under a minute? Or I think it was five. 
because he did six. He did. But he didn't follow. There's a crazy list of rules. Okay. And he didn't follow like every rule. So okay. it wasn't official. Um, but he did six in under a minute and it looked painful. That's unbelievable. But that would be fun to do. We'd probably get one maybe. But Yeah, one and a half. <laughs> I'd get it stuck in my throat. That's and... the thing. Like they took little sips of water. It's really interesting. But um, we could just do dumb little challenges like that. And I just had a brilliant idea. Okay. But you have to remind me after the podcast. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to write it down because I'll forget. Do it. Um, but anyways, that's that's kind of an update, and usually we like to do it at the end, but if we do it at the beginning, at least for those people listening this far in, you'll kind of get a taste. Yeah, exactly. All the good tasting I wanted bits. to hit that shout out early on, you yeah. know what I mean? So, but, Sarah, thank you very much. I, yes. I, I personally appreciate it. Brett, I don't know, but I do. I said I do. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm taking us into movies. Okay. Ooh, ooh, let's go to the movies. I know I took us here, but uh, do you have anything you want to kick us off with? I got some movie things to talk about. What do you got? What do you got? So, documentaries. You like them? I do like documentaries a lot. I think, so. I like, I do really enjoy documentaries, too. Yeah. Especially if the subject is interesting to watch, obviously. That's the whole reason you watch one. Well, what I like about documentaries is even if the subject isn't interesting, sometimes mm-hmm. you can get a good documentary out yeah, of it. Yeah, because they but, find a way to make it fascinating, right, regardless. Yeah. So, the other day... Um, I was hanging out with mom and uh, our cousins, and we decided to watch. Oh, I see. Um, is it okay? Maybe that's my. You're problem. fine. I've You're been fine. sitting at an angle. You're so. good. Okay, okay. I just adjusted Tim's mic, <laughs> and that's it ruined what, everything. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so uh, we decided to watch this de- documentary called "A Haunting on Dice Road: The Hell House." That is quite the title. It is quite the title. Okay. Um, so the main premise is uh, this group of investigators. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say that with quotations right now because I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. Um, and they spend a year investigating this dice house. Oh, did not... I misunderstand the title? No, no. I think you're you're pretty close. The dice, haunted dice of dice road haunted house hill. Oh, okay. The hill haunting house. of hell dice. Yeah, haunting ha- on, on house road. Hell's house. The haunting on dice hill. <laughs> haunting hell's, of haunting of dice hill. Haunting of. <laughs> Let's just yell all these words at each a other. Haunting, haunting dice. <laughs> So the the I'll show you the the picture. It's kind of presented as haunting of Hill House, like like that's how they kind of catch yes. you with it. So yeah, the graphic and the, like the text on the poster mm-hmm. definitely looks like the words that pop out are haunting and the Hell House. Yes, and the other words are kind of like interspersed around it, like smaller. You got to read between the lines. Yeah, almost. it's like a haunting on Dice Road, the Hell House. Yes, That's exactly. Looks, yeah. So they. They kind of want to suck you in right there and be like, oh, this is going to be like the haunting yeah, hill house. Yeah, the old bait and switch. Exactly. So uh, we initially start watching, and it's pretty cool at the beginning. They, um, like I said, a group of investigators spend a year like studying this house that has been notorious for, uh, I think it was 1975, um, all the way to current day. There's haunted occurrences happening mm-hmm. in that house all the time. And the stories these people tell, the uh, investigative part of it, it's really awesome. Okay. Um, they do a great job doing the interviews, like the people talking and the stories they tell are awesome. Yeah. So after those interviews, I would say the last about 15 minutes, it'll go to the investigators, the the people. Um, so the director of this film is a rapper, Stephen Shippey. Do you know the rapper? I'm unfamiliar. Um, so he's just some rapper guy, I guess. Um, but he decided to make these like string of films as a way to both promote himself and his music, and also because he likes investigating and stuff. Uh, so Steven, what, a, what Prozac, an interesting character! I know Prozac Shippy. I don't know Prozac. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, so he's a rapper, and he has his like rap buddies, and they all go and investigate this house. Um, okay. So 
um, they decided for this documentary that they're going to spend one night in the house. Okay. Um, just one night doing paranormal stuff. Yeah. So they do the interview, and then it jumps over to, um, usually it's the main the director himself, uh, Shippy, and he's talking to the camera. There's usually two cameras set up, uh, and he'll switch between angles while he's talking. Okay. And he's telling, like, a creepy story, just something <laughs> yeah. relevant to the house or whatever. Um, and so the segment usually ends with, uh, like, something paranormal happening. Um, so it happens once, and initially, like, it's given off as, oh, wow, that was actually kind of creepy. Like, he's talking, and then, like, a vent falls off the wall, and you're like, wow, that that was great timing for this. Like... Okay. And yeah. you're like, oh, wow, that was a good spook. And they were doing that. So then they do another interview, like 10 minutes, and then it goes back to Shippy again. And he is outside this time, like gorilla recording, you know? Okay, yeah. And so he's sitting by this fence and he's like, this fence, like someone got stuck, blah, blah, blah. And then you hear this really loud bang and he turns his camera over and you see like this tree and like a little wavy ghost thing. And then the screen, it like, it fades out and then it fades back in and zooms in on that point and has like a bright light sh- uh, shining on it, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, it made this point look important. And you see this like ghost like hide behind a tree and then go back. Um, so after that point, I realized, crap, they are trying to make people think that he's having real experiences. So I'm sitting there with mom and our cousins. And yeah. they're like, did you see that? Like, can you believe they caught these ghosts on tape? So he does that eight more times throughout the whole movie. Are you kidding me? It is scene after scene. And they're believing it every single time. What? And I'm like. No, I, so it was so frustrating because the movie, the entire time (laughs) gives it off. Like he's actually having these scary experiences, these scary moments. Right. And they're like, can you believe he actually caught that on camera? I'm like, no, all of them, all of them. So it's Sabrina, mom and Jake guys. And I, (laughs) sorry to call you guys out guys. They, I don't know why they believed it so much. Like, Dude, Ghost Hunters was on for like 35 seasons. Mm-hmm. You saw like three ghosts. But <laughs> if, this guy, every time he's interviewed. Every single time <laughs> something scary happens. And I'm like, and then I was trying to convince them. I was like, if this really happened, like you are literally seeing ghosts like peek their head around the corner. Like clearly like they're ghosts. And I'm like, if this was real, we the world would be different as we know it. You what know, did, like, what did they look like? Were they like CGI or they were? Yeah, I mean, it was blurred. They were using like a terrible camera. Of so, course, yeah. So the only it was way like, to capture a ghost, right? And so it was uh, blurry, and it looked. I'll say it looked good. They were creepy, like how okay. how it was addressed. But it made me so mad that he was selling this as real ghost sightings so it, it wasn't like a it wasn't made to be like a film no that no. looked like a documentary it mm. was he was pitching it as a documentary yep a real documentary interesting now he doesn't explicitly say these are real ghost events what they do is like they take the time to like point it out yeah. and slow it down and okay. they're like do you see that ghost right there yeah. and then it goes to another interview and so it just slashes back and forth but the uh-huh. interviews are 100 real the stories are all real but then every time they cut to him, it something scary happens every single time. Uh, and so it just drove me nuts because I'm like, you know how many people are watching this and they're like convinced right. that's a real ghost? And But then I was thinking, am I being a jerk for ruining the fun by telling them it's not real? Oh, tough question. Because like for me, it's like my film eye. I catch it and I'm like, obviously that's fake. Obviously he's trying to get a rise out of you. And they're putting, and if it's every time. Every, there's just no way. I mean, seriously, by the time we got to the fifth one, I was like, guys, can you like, <laughs> do you get it? I don't know. See, that's a good question because mm-hmm. there is a probably a, large population of people who would watch that and would be 
fooled by that. Because there were some things that were honestly convincing. There yeah. were random, like, spooky moments. But if they, what are the chances that they went there for one night and had eight or nine different paranormal That's events? That's the thing. I think if you really want to sell that, mm-hmm. you say that you spent three nights there. Yep. You have a few shots that are like com- really enticing, mm-hmm. and then a few shots where nothing happens. Yeah. Like sell those few. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. But the legitimacy behind it is like <laughs> I wonder if they caught that. But um, <laughs> like I, I feel like they're selling you a lie because they're saying, but then they never say it particularly, but I know or specifically, but I know like people have gotten trouble in the past for faking ghost stuff. So what would be your preference on something like that? Do you want something like something like the Blair Witch Project where it's questionable? Do you want something like Ghost Hunters where it's like they're really they're they're at least saying they're trying to do something like yeah, for I would, real? I would prefer the Ghost Hunter method where or legitimately stated as a movie. And not trying to be sold as like a reality. Yeah, like I like the the shots were like paranormal activity level. Like it was stationed in the room, and the guy was talking yep. to switch between them, and then something creepy happened. Even sometimes he wasn't even there, and it was mm. like, check out this creepy thing that happened. The fridge had opened and closed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that was one of the earlier ones. So yeah. you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like they and they did it like progressively like worse, I guess. Like so it was little stuff at first. And then as it the movie went it got on bigger and bigger. Right, as, exactly. Yeah, okay. And there was like ghosts right behind them and Which like stuff. Which is like a that. progression that you can appreciate in something like a paranormal activity. Yes. Or even like the Houses October built. Mm-hmm. Like those are movies that are that they are made to look like a documentary style thing or like found footage. Yep. But it escalates as a film does because mm-hmm. it's a film. Right. You and you, I mean? you're looking for that climax and like the right. intense moments. Um, so if the movie was presented that way, I'm down for that. Yeah. Like I said, the ghosts look good. <clears throat> and if something like, uh, you know, spooky happened or there was like a climax to the story, yeah. I'd be down for that. But because it's presented in a way like it's a real documentary. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, we spent a year investigating this house and they did all this hard work for like half the movie to be fake. Yeah. Uh, it just, I don't know. I just don't know what their end goal with that was. Right. Um, and so, and even the very end of the movie, there, this house, like I said, has been haunted since 1975. So people have like told the stories. People have had the house surrounded. Is the been, house legit? Like the house is real? Yeah. Like it's a real okay. house and the hauntings, like it's, there were numerous people, like it's all real as far as yeah. hauntings go. But they said one time, like police surrounded the house to catch whatever the ghost was and nobody saw it. Hmm. Um, but there are girls inside and there's someone knocking on the window. So all these stories, whether or not they're real, they're really fascinating. Yeah. Um, so these guys investigate the house. And so this was in 2017, I think the movie okay. came out. Um, and so uh, they go uh, under the house. There's like a little, um, what's the word? Like crawl space they can go in. Yeah. And so during, uh, at the very end, the, the final ghost part they have this um emf reader okay and and so they put it on the ground and it like goes nuts it's like detecting whatever and the guy in the crawl space is like what's this and he digs in the ground and there's this little bottle uh this little bottle with a note in it okay so he crawls out of the crawl space and they like smash open the bottle and rip open the paper and uh, they were saying this earlier in the movie but there's this a supposed witch that lived there okay and so they open the paper and it's got three x's on it on one of the guys that died in the house and they were like this might be the curse of the ghost or whatever and i was like the house has been there since 1975 yeah. how are they the first people the to first. find to yeah. this note yeah. in the crawl space here, dude it's just so frustrating but yeah this just all stems to the question am i being a jerk <clears throat> for trying to ruin their fun because i know 
in my heart of hearts, it was fake and it was obvious. And sure, they're trying to take people for a ride. But then, you know, my always my thought is a movie's good as long as it, people get enjoyment out of it. True. I I would say my initial reaction is you're not being a jerk because there are things out there that fall into the realm of what that is trying to be mm-hmm. without faking it, at least to our knowledge. Yes. For example, Ghost Hunters is clear about what it is, mm-hmm. as far as we know. Yep. And I think the way they sell that mm-hmm. makes sense because some episodes you watch, nothing happens. Yeah. And granted, I haven't seen Ghost Hunters in like a decade. <laughs> but, so long. But you know it's uh, back? They brought it back. Is it back yep. on? Um, so, you know, you see things like that where there used to be shows on in the 90s that like I remember mom would watch all the time. Um, you know, things that would have the drama of like an unsolved mysteries or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it would be like ghost stories of this you know, town or whatever. And they're doing like what you're talking about where they'll tell you all the stories and like the ideas of the hauntings and they're fascinating whether or not, you know, whatever's true. Mm -hmm. So there are things like that. And then there are movies like the ones that I mentioned. Grave Encounters. Did you ever see that one? What is it? Grave Encounters. No. Um, So, oh man. Oh, how have I never suggested that movie to you? Because you are a terrible brother. Yeah. It's, (laughs) uh, yeah, go watch it. It's a group of paranormal investigators that go to this house and everything like goes wrong. Is it a movie? Yeah, it's a movie. Yeah. Um, But it's very much, it's, you know, it's a movie obviously going in. And that's the thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what makes you not a jerk about this one Mm -hmm. because you're calling this one out for not being honest about what it is. Yes. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's my that's my initial and that's my reaction. thought process because I don't want them to leave the movie thinking did you see all that ghost stuff like and I assume they're smarter than what I'm giving them credit for but when right. they but every time something spooky happens and they like start talking how it's like unbelievable that they caught this on film like yeah I just it frustrates me you're like, like get out of here because I see it and others don't right and but that's then the I thing. feel bad because it's like maybe they really did see it and they're just enjoying the movie and I'm like shut up yeah. guys it's not good. <laughs> You know, it's freaks. So. Nerds. You're right. Yeah. You're the guy who ruins the magic show at a birthday yes. party. <laughs> <laughs> See that balloon animal? No, that's made of latex. That's like, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Something stupid like that. Uh, yeah, the balloon animal trick. Yeah, classic. That's a thing. Yeah. Dude. So anyways, that's... I'm not going to watch that movie. No, and he made seven different movies. Like, all in that vein? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're all the same. Uh, just different houses, different haunted, oh. but they're all called a haunting in and then whatever, blah, blah, blah. Is this one the most recent? I don't know. I actually. wonder if it would have come out around like was haunting of Hill House already out. So this came out. Oh, this came out in 2016, not 2017. When did haunting of Hill House come out? That came out 2018. I really? Say. So, oh, he wasn't selling it as that then. We, we can't dog on him for that one, I guess. Yeah. Unless. I mean, because the haunting of Hill House. I mean, that looks that looks like so it. similar. Turns out, haunting of Hill House was pulling from his. Script. I am curious because Hill House is based off a book. It is, yeah, yeah. So I That's wonder right. if the cover of the book looks like that. Uh, but oh. it's not called Haunting a Hill House. I think it's called something else. But was it was it a show before too, or was it just a book? Um, I think the. Because I read or watched something talking about the source material of Haunting of Hill House, and I, mm-hmm. I couldn't nail down, based on the way they were talking, what it was. But um, Yeah, let me see what I can find here for yeah. a second. I'll let you. Okay, I'll let then. you see. Um, so, yeah. the, the book mm-hmm. was a book. Okay. And the TV show was a TV show. Okay. 
Oh, uh, well, I guess the story itself is old, so there's a bunch of... Oh, there was a uh, movie. The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, It's got Liam Neeson on the cover. Really? Yeah. Now motion picture. The Haunting from DreamWorks. Oh, The Haunting. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's what it was. That came out in the 90s, right? Or early 2000s? It looks like it. Uh, Let me see. I've never seen or heard of it. I remember seeing that because I want to say it came out... I don't know. That's when, like... Haunting was in a bunch of titles all of a the sudden. The Haunting? Liam Neeson, that's great. Yeah, The Haunting, that's right. That's Owen Wilson's in it? Yeah, what I the? was going to say Owen Wilson. Um, that's oh, my funny. God. You know, I might have seen this movie you, before. I think you probably did. Oh, oh, my. <laughs> well, because there's... Are all the memories coming back? Well, there's this horror movie that's always been stuck in my head, and I can't... I can't remember. I remember bits and pieces. There's like a a fence outside and I think someone cuts their hand on like roses. And then there's this girl sleeping in her bed and someone like visits her in her sleep. It might be this movie. That's why it looks like it. So I think what happens in that movie is they're all like recruited for a sleep test. That's yeah. That's what they were saying. The yeah. description was, um, yeah, this, Oh, okay. Anyway, sorry. I just, that's one of those. I think I talked about it before when you realize something from your past. Yeah. And it's like You're like, unlocked. this is it. Yeah. That's what happened to me with goosebumps. That's interesting. I'll need to look into that because, uh, anyways, that seems to be loosely based off of Hill house though. The other way around. Or wait, no, Hill House and then The Haunting and then The Haunting of Hill House? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but don't watch The Haunting and whatever. The Haunting of Dice Hell. Douse, dice Hell. Dowson. Dyson. Don't watch Mike Tyson's <laughs> Mike Hell House. Dyson's Haunting of Dice House. No, of Dice Street. <laughs> I can't. Haunting of Dice Road, Hell House. You don't worry about accidentally watching this movie. You'll never find it. it it's on Amazon Prime. That's where we watch yeah, it. Yeah, no, don't watch that. All that being said, I'm sorry I just wasted 30 minutes of your life. Not at all, man. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, I'll stay on the horror tip for a minute. I finally saw a movie that's been on my list for like years. Uh-huh. I watched An American Werewolf in London. Ah, oh, yes. Um, now, you've seen it? Yes. Okay. So uh, I have heard tale of this uh, famed transformation scene. Yes. Unbelievable, dude. Blows my mind. I literally don't know how they did it. Mm-hmm. Um. There are two key transformation scenes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the movie in general is 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 really great. It's yeah. it's fun. You know what's um, interesting? I don't feel like much actually happens in the movie. It doesn't, dude. Yep. That's exactly. I was gonna say mm-hmm. almost nothing happens. <laughs> right, which like, is so weird. Well, I'll say like one thing happens. <laughs> yeah, that's one like thing. it, and mm-hmm. it's the thing that's in the title. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, but it's it's such a simple, quick concept, and. Yep. It starts and it's over just as quickly as it starts. Like yeah. it's it's uh, and that's not to say that the movie's like uncommonly short, but when it ends, you're just like, oh, right, it's, it's like, over. That's the end of like, the movie. Like it is this very contained idea, mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't know, like that I could explain to you everything that happens in the movie in a sentence. Yeah, you know, um, with like it's really, two commas. I mean, how long does he spend in the hospital? I, a third of the movie? Yeah, but it doesn't feel long. Yeah, no, it's it's but that's the thing is like these things happen um you know the 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 way that his the I don't even know how to explain <laughs> how little happens, but it's still an enjoyable movie to watch. Right. And there are these comedic moments, and it's a it's a fun movie. I would call it a fun horror. I movie. think so. Um, I like the way the werewolf looks in general. Mm-hmm. I think at the end it looks different than I expected it to, but it's yeah. still pretty cool to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting uh, around like 
uh, this being uh, directed by John Landis, who prior had done a bunch of comedies. Mm-hmm. Um, he did Blues Brothers, and he did Coming to America. Oh, and so that's obviously where the comedy kind of spills out. Yeah, and what was interesting, too, I was reading something about how um, he originally was looking at getting, or I think it was suggested by either a producer or co-director. Mm-hmm. Um I forget. Forgive me on that detail, but it was considered to have uh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, as the, who had been in Blues Brothers, yeah. as the two stars in American Werewolf. Cool. That would um, be a way different movie. Well, Landis didn't want to do it because he was he wanted to do a horror movie. He mm-hmm. wasn't really interested in having this being perceived as a comedy. Yeah. Um, but it was cool because then he you know he went on to do like the thriller video after mm-hmm. that and things like that. Um, but it's a really cool movie. I'm glad I finally seen it, especially yep. as a, a werewolf enthusiast and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know, man. It's fun. I don't, there's something charming about it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that it's so highly regarded because it doesn't feel like a highly regarded movie. It doesn't. I, it's, is it, do you think it falls under cult, like a cult Yeah, but I favorite? think it's better than some cult hits for it sure. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, like if I look at the top 250 best movies of all time, like the IMDb, it's on that list. Or it was. I don't know if it is anymore. But yeah, I, um, I mean, do you think it has to do with its timing? Like, I, I think. I, I mean, specifically, the transformation scene was the best, and still one of the it's best. Still ever. so good. Like um, watching it, I was like, "How did they make this happen?" It seriously blows my mind. That that I remember that being like one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, you know? it's great. Um, and so maybe it's that scene alone that that drives the whole thing. But yeah, I mean, I would say it's definitely more of a cult classic. Yeah. And if if you think of it, like, it's kind of cool the way the story is told through, mm-hmm. like, some of the undead characters and things like that. Yeah. There's basically, like, a lore and a, um, a story around the whole thing that the way that it's told is cool and mm-hmm. it's creative. And it's, uh, like I said, they, they made a really fun film. So. Yeah. Uh, but it is interesting. There was a part of me that after it after it was over, not for any reason of me thinking it wasn't good, but I was kind of like, huh, how did this movie get so highly regarded? Yeah. But at the time that it came out, and even still, it does hold up. I really had fun watching it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's it's a really fun movie. Uh, Tis the season. Yes. If you haven't seen it, you should watch American Werewolf in London. Yep, agreed. Um, and if we... Ooh, do I want to do... It's up to you. Uh, we can slide these in here real quick. Sure. Uh, we'll totally switch gears for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, uh, Rachel and I had a little mini movie marathon recently. Nice. Uh, it was only two movies, but that felt like a marathon. That's a marathon. We started late. Yeah. Uh, we watched the latest of the Mission Impossible series, Mission oh. Impossible 5 Fallout. Mm-hmm. I love Mission Impossible movies. Uh, Fallout's not the newest one. Well, then we haven't seen the most recent one. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> well, no, maybe you're right with the name, but it's Mission Impossible 6. Is it? Because five or four was Ghost Protocol, five was. Oh yeah, five was Rogue Nation. Right. So this is the sixth one. So you you skipped Rogue Nation? No, I've seen Rogue Nation. Oh okay. I just uh, this was six. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Holy Christmas! But when you said that, I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah, no, you're right. I apologize. No, I was just I was confused. I was like, "Was it?" Ghost Protocol was also great. I love Ghost Protocol. Um, Rogue Nation. Uh, I think it was that was the one with Renner in it, right? Uh, Ghost Protocol had Renner in it too. Oh yeah, and Rogue Nation. Yep. Um, Rogue Nation. I think it was good. It definitely wasn't best out of all of them. But we're talking about Fallout. But we're talking about Fallout, mm-hmm. which apparently is the sixth the one. The sixth movie. Um, it has Henry Cavill. <laughs> yes. 
lot of I was saying Cavill for years. Yeah, I don't know why. I think it's Cavill. Um, what a handsome man! Goodness he, gracious. Oh. Um, he's great in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Mr. Tom Cruise earlier. Yes, not on the podcast. We were just talking. No, you mentioned him on the podcast well, earlier. Well, oh, because uh, Rain Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so he, I mean, he's. We also talked about him before the podcast. Yeah. But Tom uh, Cruise is just always on my mind. He's great. Um, <laughs> and we, <laughs> and I'll say we've talked about it on the podcast a lot too. Have we? When we talked about the Mummy coming out. Oh, true. Uh, we've talked about uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Well, Live Die Repeat, as it's called. Yeah, now. we've talked about him a lot. Anyways. We love him. That just like it just it enriches our point. Yes, that he's great. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, oh. A great audible reaction to Tom Cruise. He's um, the best. Yeah, man. I, I, I uh, he's he's wonderful. He's great mm-hmm. in this. There's a long scene of him just running really fast. Yeah, he broke think, his leg doing that. Did you know? Are you serious? The part when he jumps across the buildings and like lands kind of hard, he broke his leg or sprained it. Are you kidding me? Damaged whatever. Um, but continued on the scene. And so when he wow. hits, that's a real pain reaction. No way. Mm-hmm. Dude, he's um, he still kills it. Yep. Um, and I know that he's still doing, like, I don't know how many of them, but I know he still does stunts of his own, mm-hmm. that one included. Yep. Um, but it's great if you have enjoyed any of the Mission Impossible movies, if you generally like these, like, espionage action films, mm-hmm. um, really great. Him acting uh, opposite uh, Henry Cavill is, like, just a beautiful match it's, made in heaven. It's, it's surprising because I would never think of those two being together. Yeah. Like just for whatever reason, it just yeah. isn't. But seeing those two in the movie, like especially the bathroom fight scene. Oh my god, dude! It's like top tier. It is next level. Oh. Yo, just that scene. I don't. Henry Cavill just hiking up his sleeve. That's the best. It's like it's, shotgun. Yo, I'm like, like, how does he do that? Damn, that's the most badass thing. It seriously gave me goose because I saw it in the theater. So watch oh, yeah. it on the big screen, the goosebumps, I couldn't even... Just the trailer. Yeah. When he does that in the trailer mm-hmm. and they... Yeah. Like, oh, it's... Dude, that scene is unbelievable. That scene alone sparks such a uh, love for cinema. Yeah. Such a love for movies because yeah. it's like... Movies can do this. They can hit these like hard hitting emotions. Yeah, and the scene itself lives up to the hype. You it know? really does. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that I think I was stoked about. And I think I might have even said when we were watching, I was like, "This is even better than the trailer made it look." Which yep. is as odd as that sounds. That's not always the case anymore. No, never. A lot of times you see everything in the trailer, but mm-hmm. this. I mean, the, the thing is, the fight choreography in these movies yep. is like it's cool because you're used to seeing say seeing a, a martial arts based film and you're you're expecting like to see these choreographed fight scenes. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's at the forefront of my mind as much with movies like this. Mm-hmm. Um and like for instance I talked last uh, episode about Jack Ryan. Mm-hmm. There's some really cool fight scenes in in that show. None of them are they're cool because they're like intense and there's a lot at stake. Mm-hmm. None of them are necessarily like interestingly choreographed. Yes. You know what I mean? And but that it, happens a lot where yeah, it's just like it, guys shooting fine. each other and punching each other, but it's not like amazing, but it's good right. enough. Gets or there's the story a chase across. involved. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. But it's just like, oh, it's just the the stakes of like, is he going to catch him or right. not? You, you know need all I mean? the story wrapped around it to make it good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for the story around it, 
who cares? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just a guy chasing another guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this movie, similarly to like, <clears throat> whoa, sim- so, similarly, that's a tough one in general. It Get is. off me. I, I'll give it to you. Uh, similarly mm-hmm. to some of the famed like daredevil uh, fight sequences. Yes. It's just, it's so well done and unique. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the um, I don't know, like the camera angles and the... Uh, People getting thrown into walls and stuff yeah. hits in a way that you like feel the impact and mm-hmm. you're like, ooh, ah, like it is, it's very visceral. Yeah, it's you're like, like in the fight. Yeah, exactly. Damn. The camera's Ugh. like, ah, I so good. It. And it's, um, I don't know, maybe it's, do they, I don't, in my head, it's probably a lot better than what it actually is, but, um, do they like do a lot of jump cuts or is it kind of straight through for the most part? I think it's a steady mixture. I don't think it's like a slew of jump cuts. Mm-hmm. There's a. I think that's part of what. Because um, in my head, I remember impacts, and like usually they do jump cuts to hide impacts. Like, right, and I don't like, think they do that as much. Which mm-hmm. is, I think that's what's happening in my brain that makes it more impressive. Yeah, is you're watching it go down for a while, mm-hmm. and then they'll switch. But it doesn't feel like camera work. Right, it feels like choreography. Mm-hmm. Um, so. The fight scenes alone, as you can hear me get pretty hyped up about yeah, it. Um, just thinking about it. And, and there's always, there's stuff like that that, um, you know, aside from Mission Impossible 2, which I did enjoy, but mm-hmm. it's a little bit early 2000s, out of control. I yeah. think it was John Woo who did that movie. Right. Uh, um, 2 is considered like the worst. A lot of people don't like Right. Two. And it's, in my opinion, it's not bad. Uh, granted, I'm like a late 90s kid, so mm-hmm. I, I like some of that stuff. I'm fine but, with that. Um, you know, it has some of the more extreme stuff but typically what you see in these movies is they give you these cool fight scenes Mm -hmm. they give you these cool like back and forth twists and all these like you know espionage operations and then they'll give you a big crazy either explosion scene or he's always jumping off a building or usually has one major um stunt per movie at least starting with four i mean he did in all the other ones but yeah four he climbed the building he actually climbed it um that was crazy five uh what did he do I think he actually jumped into the water. Like that was the big one where he jumped into like the twisty water thing. Oh, that's right. Or held onto the side of a plane. Well, there was one where uh what was the one with the parking garage at the end? There was like a big parking garage. Scene. That was in Ghost Protocol too. That was yeah. oh, okay. So he does a handful of them, but yeah. um usually they like point one but out there, of yeah, like, there's this some is the big, big scene. like like setting where yep. something huge happens, the mm-hmm. building or a mountain or, you know what I mean? Something yeah. like that. I believe in um, the the sixth one, um, it was the helicopter. Yeah. He a... did the whole helicopter himself. He knows how to fly a helicopter. So he did. Really? Yeah. Everything he did live, like right there. Wow. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's great. If you like those kinds of movies, um, it's, or maybe you don't like those kinds of movies. <laughs> it's a it's good, a good movie. Yep. It's enjoyable. Um, I really, I really, um, enjoyed the, I don't know. There's always a good, there's always a good get right in the beginning yep. for like, all right, what do we, and at this point. You know, as of three, because mm-hmm. three was so good. Three, I feel like, you know, yeah. that was such a major um, comeback. I mean, I think two was still pretty huge, even mm-hmm. though people, like, didn't love it. Yeah. Um, but three with Philip Seymour Hoffman is, uh, I just love the Mission Impossible series in general. So mm-hmm. um, that was really great. And actually, right before that, what we watched was I finally saw John Wick. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. So, so I good. I have never seen any of them. Um, we watched that first. And it's funny because I'm kind of comparing in reverse. But yeah. we watched John Wick and then we watched Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible has those uh, intense like choreograph scenes, Mm -hmm. I don't think the choreography is as like impressive or does what some of those scenes 
adapted from Mission Impossible or like a Daredevil. Mm-hmm. But John Wick has those long like I don't know shootout scenes, and like they're still they're uh, they're enjoyable in a different way. Yes, um, it's right. also just an outright revenge movie. So. Yes, yeah, yeah. The first one is definitely more tame compared to the uh, second and third one. Yeah, um, which is surprising to say because that movie's got a lot of good violence and good action. Yeah. In it. Um, um, but yeah, that one definitely has like a lot of story. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's got um, Willem Dafoe in it, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I was I was thinking of another movie, and I didn't want to get him confused. But yes, that one is with the the one with him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the action in that is like you said different because it is a lot of shooting and a lot of like close up like him sneaking around. Yeah. And, and um, just a lot of gunplay in that. And once you see the sequels, or like two and three, that becomes on par, if not better, than the Mission Impossible. Really? Yeah. Okay. They definitely they up focus their, more on that Yeah, stuff. They, they up their game. The first one definitely kind of sets up who John Wick is. Okay. And gives it more of like a, a mysterious thriller feel to it. Yeah. Well, the next two become like super action movies. Okay. Um, but they also like set up story and there's some good high stakes and stuff. But. Yeah. I mean, I'll say like, it feels like it lays that foundation strongly. It's mm-hmm. a good movie. a super enjoyable action movie. What I realized in that movie is, is kind of funny you don't really need much of a catalyst for a good action movie. No. You need like a little bit of incentive mm-hmm. and you just establish a cool character. And yeah. That's it. And um, what was amazing to me is early on, you uh, you go to, is it John Leguizamo that runs the, uh, the garage? Yes. In that one? Yeah, yeah. So it's cool because they establish the story early on. Uh, mm-hmm. Something terrible happens to John Wick. And then... You learn so quickly, and I was trying to figure out, I don't know if this is from the history of just watching movies and you Mm -hmm. learn certain things. They go to this garage, and you just know from what's going on in that scene, you can just piece together so many things. Mm -hmm. Like It's funny that you can just see these dudes in this garage and be like, all right, he knows a bunch of like crime people, but he also has a good connection with John Wick, mm-hmm. and he's also running a dirty operation here, but he also knows that this kid's an idiot and shouldn't have done what he just did. But nothing is explained. But they don't say any of that. Hmm. You just like, you get into that scenario, and the this kid who you've seen interact with John Wick now is in this garage, and John Leguizamo in one scene, just with the setting, what he says, how he interacts with this person, tells you John Wick is not someone you want to mess with. Mm -hmm. This guy who is clearly running this huge operation doesn't want to mess with John Wick, so Mm -hmm. that just establishes the stakes of messing with them. The kid he's talking to is an idiot and doesn't know what he's doing, Mm -hmm. and you also just know by like the surroundings and what's going on that this operation is shady, Mm -hmm. but that's just like a thing that goes on. You know what I mean? And you just accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, that's what's so interesting because John Wick's story starts at the end. Like right, it's, it's right. the end of his hitman career. Yeah. And so from his years and years of being a hitman, uh, established all these connections, all these things, even when he kills the guys in his house. Yeah. And then the, um, I think it's the police show up and they're like, John, and he's like, Hey guys, like, yeah. and it totally establishes like he's got everybody under his thumb because he's so good i guess at what he does you know yeah and so um i know that's right i forgot about that one yeah the cops they show, show up, up and so many like, good moments yeah and uh, that's that's really cool because yeah is it is it our prior knowledge of movies like if you've never seen a movie before and you see john wick do things like that make con- a connection i don't know because you it's it's funny if you really look at any movie you can say i've definitely seen a scene like this in past movies yeah or just get the but maybe that's just good storytelling is that where <laughs> That's so funny because 
is that where we get the idea of these things? Because it's not really like I don't watch the news and see like a crime like, bust of uh, like of a, like car like um, a stolen car garage. Yeah. Okay. So I keep bringing it up, but I was thinking about this with uh, uh, when I was watching Jack Ryan. Mm-hmm. If I'm ever in the Middle East and I see three pickup trucks pull up, yeah. I'm assuming I'm about to be shot. You know something. Because this, I always see this in the Middle East. Yep. It's like, you know, uh, it's ISIS pulling up in three Toyota pickup trucks. Yeah, pickup trucks mean bad news. That always. And like, why is that a thing? And I say, you know, sometimes it's, but it's, uh, you know, those are based on... There's stuff like that going on. Right. It's There's a garage somewhere stuff. right now where someone's pulling a stolen car into. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it, it is just funny. Like I realized is fu- in regard to like uh, filmmaking and storytelling, mm-hmm. all I needed was that one scene to establish who this guy is, who this guy is. Yep. Learn more about our main character who's not even in the room, mm-hmm. you know? And it, I was just like, wow, my brain just put all that together. And yeah, I think I agree that it's based on context of you seeing other movies. Yeah. I think if you didn't understand... Like, if you don't have a concept of what a hitman is or even what, like, crime is, right. you would just think there's this crazy killer guy who went to this garage because he knows the guy. Yeah, like, one way to think about it is there's probably, there's got to be a person out there who would watch that scene and be the person who's like, wait, who is this guy? Right. Why are they doing, and start asking you all kind of questions mm-hmm. about, like, <laughs> what's that happening is in so, the scene. That's really fascinating. It's <laughs> funny. I don't know why it struck me that way. Probably because yeah. I, like... I drank some rum right before we watched it. I was like, what's happening here? Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, overall, it's a great movie. If you haven't watched the John Wick um, series at all, I'm stoked because I haven't seen two and three and I I really enjoyed this one. They're so worth it. Um, Keanu's great. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just a super, super fun action movie. And it was funny to me because it does, it kicks off. They give you a little bit of his like sad current state of being and Mm -hmm. about his marriage and things like that. And uh, then the incident with the dog and that is pretty much the catalyst for That's the entire movie. Yep. And uh, it's fine. That's all you need to kick off that kind of movie. And it's so funny because that continues through the next two movies. Yeah. yeah it's like... It's just ongoing. Yeah, because people will make jokes and references to it. It's like, this all started because of that. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh my God, it's funny. Funny oh, when man. you think about it. Like, yeah. Because, you know, in the next movie, he kills like hundreds of guys. Like, yeah. it's obnoxious. And you're like, this is all just because of one idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it's right, like, right. It's so crazy, like, where it escalates. But Very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So that was a good night, dude. We watched yeah, John Wick. Dude, what a combo. And then Fallout. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw us a curveball. Okay. We're going to go into comics and books right now. What the heck? Are you ready? No. Have you read anything good lately? So I have something new to talk about. Ooh, new. It's a little new book that I picked up. So I'd mentioned a few episodes ago I was going through a, I was going through a little bit of a reading kick. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess I was talking about how I was going through all kinds of kicks. But um, I, I bought a book, mm-hmm. and it was totally on a whim because I was in a bookstore. I was walking around. I kept seeing stuff that I was, like, interested in. And I never... There are so many times where I don't allow myself to get anything new because I have stuff at home that I haven't caught up on. But it's kind of counteractive because then I never read anything new or I never, mm-hmm. you know, I'm never caught up on anything. I don't have anything current that I'm like up to really. Yeah. Um, in, in certain, it's particularly with books because I have mm-hmm. most of what I have at home is like 
15 year old stuff that I've just like never been read. Sitting on yeah, it, like yeah. how long have we had those Resident Evil books? Oh my uh, God. Also, I've made it a point to not talk about Resident Evil for the past couple podcasts, just pointing it out. You've been really good. I know. Thanks, man. I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> Although but don't, you just brought it up, so you wrote it. Yeah, also don't get used to it because I have four Resident Evil games in queue at home. So um, I know we got to play five. I, yeah. got, I got two, five, uh, two, the two boat ones. Yes. Right. <laughs> the two boat ones. What are those ones? Well, the first one's a boat. The second one's on an island. What the hell are they Revelations. called? Revelations. Revelations. Yeah. That's what it is. And seven. And seven. And six. And six. And dead aim. We're talking too much about Resident <laughs> Evil. So um, so I was at the bookstore and I saw a bunch of stuff. I ended up leaving with uh, three books. How does going in, not allowing yourself to get new things, lead to three new things? Just like that, man. Fair enough. So I, uh, one of the things I got was uh, the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark trilogy um, in a hardcover collection oh, with the original so cool. art, which yes. was pretty cool. So it, I wonder if, because I know there was a big stink about it because they re-released the books and they mm. didn't have the art. So I wonder if that's because the movie came out. I don't know. Um, there was a whole table dedicated to it. There's one with like a uh, um, a still from the movie as the cover and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but this was a pretty cool collection. It, it was. Um, I forget if it was an exclusive to. Uh, I was in Barnes and Noble. I don't. You know, sometimes Barnes and Noble gets those like exclusives for their store. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cover was cool. I flipped through it to make sure it was the original art, and yep. I've never read through all of them, so mm-hmm. I was pretty stoked to get that. So I got that. Um, I got a collection of short stories by Joe Hill, um, who, if you're not familiar, is the author of Lock and Key and Nosferatu. And oh, so they're older. Um, no, so Nosferatu being uh, it's. It's like a license plate is the uh, cover on the book. They're, I think they're working on or a show has come out for it already. Uh, it's NOS, the number four, then oh. the letter A, and then the number two. Weird. Yeah. Um, what about a vampire car? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, and then also Horns. There's a movie that came out, uh, Horns. With uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, that's yes. based on a book by Joe Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's Stephen King's son. Oh. Yeah. Neat. Um, so... I guess that's why he writes cool books. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So this was a collection of short stories by him. And then the third book I got Mm -hmm. is the one that I'm actually going to talk about today. Oh, okay. Those are just... Neither, yeah, those were just the thing. I'm leading up to the thing we're talking about. Right. So I got three books. And the third one was this book called Mm -hmm. The Best Horror of the Year, Volume 11, edited by Ellen Datlow. That's the name of the book? It's the name of the book. What? It is a collection of horror stories from this past year. So it's like now the CD. Now yes. that's what I call music. Yes. It's like now that's stories. what I call horror stories. Volume 11. That's actually pretty cool. I really, I like that idea. It's cool. So I was, uh, I was like, I, I forget. I think it was like $11 or something like that. It's mm-hmm. a pretty thick book. The, uh, I'm very much a judge a book by its cover kind of guy. <laughs> as much as you don't um, want to be. Yeah, like people say that as if it's a bad thing, but bro, all I do is judge books by their cover all day. But, you know, I think I only deal with books. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's the ironic thing. I don't want to do it in the negative way that people talk about it. But, Just uh, with books. Because yeah. books uh, tell a lot of, a lot of story through their, their yeah. cover. As opposed to like a game or a movie. I don't know. I feel like if I do it with anything, it's with well, a book. Games, I definitely, well, because I usually research beforehand. Sure. Games, games and movies. But I still do that, too. Like, if the if the art and stuff looks cool on a game, like, I'm definitely going to try it. Yeah, I guess. Versus, like, the art that I think is kind of stupid looking. Then. Yeah. 
I guess I never just buy random games that I don't know about. I don't know if I've ever. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, in How recent often does years. that happen? Uh, indie games. I'll do it for indie games. Yeah. Because, you know, there's not really much exposure. Uh, yeah. But yeah. that leads me to playing Hollow and North. And, and that's, see, that's where you mess up. Hot garbage. Yep, exactly. But, so this So this collection. book, um, apparently we're on volume 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm showing you the cover art, but people cannot see it. Uh, it actually led me to discover this artist, too, whose name I'll have to try to find before the end of the episode, because I was uh, scrolling through her Instagram the other day, and she is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really, really great. I am uh, in the middle of my fifth story. Mm-hmm. Now, what is interesting about the structure of this book, I've never, you know, I've seen books like this that are like the best fantasy of this or the best, best whatever. Um, so the first, I don't know, handful of pages are a description of the books of anything horror that came out in literature in mm-hmm. this past year. Um, and it's really interesting because it literally lists like these books. Um, like I remember reading one paragraph and it was like, while some people don't necessarily consider this particular work horror because of these themes, X, Y, and Z, that's why I would put it in here. And, uh, this woman, Ellen Datlow is, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm saying her name correctly, but I'm just dealing with phonetics here. That's okay. People get off me. Um, she is, there's a bunch of praise for her, like throughout, um, like the back of the book and stuff like that, saying how she's like the queen of editing horror and fantasy. And she's been doing it for years and years. And she goes through and collects like the best of the year. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's really interesting because at first it's just like an essay about what came out. And like, these are the type of novels that came out. And these are the things that came out in this short, uh, sort of like subgenre of horror. These were the things that were printed in zines. These mm. are the things that were printed as short stories. Jeez, and how does she find all I don't know, stuff? dude. It's like this full, like she, she, I, I don't know. It's yeah. crazy. It, it made me be like, I don't know that I fully understand what an editor does. Mm-hmm. Like when it says like this collection edited by this person, it is just... I can't imagine the work that goes into this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I picked it up, and the other day, um, I'm st- I am in the middle of another book, but mm-hmm. I wanted to take a break from that one. So I picked this one up, and uh, I-, I just wanted to give a quick like overview. Mm-hmm. And what's cool is the uh, so the first two stories in the book are um, "I Remember Nothing" by Ann Bilson and uh, "Monkeys on the Beach" by Ralph Robert Moore. Okay. Um, and I like I said, I'm in the middle of my fifth one, and so far. The beginning one is a really unsettling, um, a really unsettling sort of entrapment story with a twist at the end. The second one is just a dark, it's a dark sort of eerie story about a family on vacation with a very unexpected ending that just Mm. abruptly ends. Um, The third one is a story that. It has like um, it has an unsettling sort of ultimate. Uh, I'm trying to think. I so okay. One of the stories that I read basically just ends with it's leading up to this main event the whole time, mm-hmm. and you know they're short stories and. Short, like how many pages? Uh, they vary. Okay. Um, the, I, the shortest one I've read so far is probably like. I don't know, eight pages. Oh, okay. Yeah. Longer than I thought. Um, and then some of them are, have been longer than that. But mm-hmm. um, the, this this particular story is what got me thinking. It, it leads all the way up to this one event. And the event uh, 
is a horrific event. And it's not something that it's unsettling that this is what the character was talking about the whole time. Other than that event, which I guess, you know, that's what, that's what makes it sort of a horror story. Mm -hmm. Everything else is kind of just like these people out doing this thing. And it's interesting. They're building the characters and things like that, but it's about a, a TV crew basically documenting. They are making like a nature documentary, like a planet earth kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's a film crew and the host and things like that. Um, and what was interesting about that story is there was nothing particularly scary about it, except there's a little bit of a twist at the end. And I didn't, honestly, the way that it ended, I didn't fully understand it. I think it was relating, um, these, these, the men who commit the act at the end, it's a rape. Basically the story ends, so the story ends in, uh, you know, these, these men that you're following throughout, uh, and this one woman, and at the end, it definitely implies a rape. And I can't fully understand, like, who is involved in it. Like, two of the men, definitely. The third one, maybe, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But throughout the whole making of the documentary and the story, they are, um, the, the story is describing nature and how mm -hmm. bloody and gory it is because they're out here filming, like, lions hunting zebra and, you know what I mean? So like, they're framing it as it's, like, a nature documentary, but the subjects they're recording are humans. I think it's them. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the twist because they really are out there doing this thing, mm -hmm. and it ends with them in this cave. And I, he, the, the uh, story is told through the uh, lens of the, well... Sounds like a major pun. The camera guy. Yeah. Um, but so he uh, he is telling this story, and at the end he keeps saying how he's seeing these wild dogs in the background, and what I can't figure out at the end is if the wild dogs are the men, mm -hmm. and if it's like a metaphor or if he's really seeing the dogs, and that's supposed to be because the whole thing is about animals. Yeah. The whole story. So. All that, I'm sorry for like the, you know, s smattering of thoughts here, but mm -hmm. it made me think like that was over. And you know, what's really interesting about literature is it examining a genre through reading mm -hmm. is a completely different experience than any other sort of art form. Yeah. Because especially in a short story form, because then there's also um, my favorite one that I've read so far is about uh, basically a disease outbreak that happens on a ship mm -hmm. and this uh, this businessman who has to like escape the ship and he ends up escaping and it quickly turns into like almost like a buddy movie. And it has like the vibe of like a zombie land <laughs> where there's the? like a terrifying thing going on, yeah. but there's like an airiness about like, there's a fun atmosphere about that's, it. That's and it's kind of cool. like, dude, it's super fun. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Um, and the one I'm in the middle of now, I'm actually having a hard time following, but it's like a ghost story. So, each story has been so vastly different. And that one and the one about the family on vacation that just ends abruptly yeah. had me really thinking like, what makes something horror? Mm -hmm. And I know we've kind of had that conversation in general, but what's really interesting is reading a, a, something that is considered a certain genre. Yeah, because there are things that can be presented in a story that there's no way you can depict uh, visually. Right. Um, you know, like you were saying, the guy seeing the dogs in the background. If you were to watch that, yeah. they would either have to have it like as blurry humans or as dogs. Like, right. And it wouldn't get across as scary because right. you like... 
I don't know. I guess you could see. It. I mean, there are ways to get around it, obviously. Sure. But, but there are things that can be conveyed in a story, and it's all based on your imagination. I think that's the thing that makes it different is because, like, that story ended, and I was like, huh. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I'm impressed and happy with the fact that I don't quite understand how that ended. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to kind of go back, and I went back and read a couple pages. I was like, wait, was this supposed to be a metaphor for, like, the men are the dogs? Yeah. Are the animals, and, like, she's the prey? And, like, and then I was like, is that horror? Like, have you ever seen Requiem for a Dream? Yes, yeah. Like, it almost felt like the discomfort that that movie creates. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider that a horror movie, but I kind of, is it? It Well, it definitely, the whole movie has a sense of dread. Yes, um, right. And you know, well, maybe you don't know going into it, but you can just tell. And I think it's very much accredited to the cinematography because the yeah. movie itself just has a general dark tone to right. it. Right. Like everything's kind of, um, how do I describe it? Like uh, not mellowed out, but... Um, like monotone? No, uh, like washed out. Like, okay. Like everything's kind of just like darker and stuff. and um, Color wise? Yeah, like it's yeah. washed out, I would say. Um but yeah, that movie just in general has a sense of oh, that's a spider. Oh, it's huge! <laughs> Get out of here, Spidey! Uh, yeah, the movie itself just has a big sense of dread, um, and I think, but I don't know if I'd consider that a horror. Right. Well, this one felt similar in vibe. Like that's the thing that I thought was so weird is like the vibe of it was just that like overwhelming sort of darkness kind of thing. Got it. Tim got the spider. It was just this kind of, yeah, I guess dread is the word, but it's Mm -hmm. just this like dark heaviness. And I guess it kind of painted that picture, but it was just funny because it ended and I was like, but horror can be so many things. Right. And and that's what I'm kind of assessing. And the one, like, one of the stories I read was literally just, it was just a family on vacation. Mm -hmm. And it said a bunch of the things that, like, it was just describing the things that were happening. And when it ended abruptly, something terrible happens at the end. But I was like, is that what made it horror? Or was it all the parts that I was reading that I thought were leading up to something else mm-hmm. that didn't happen? Was that the part that was horror? Was it like the misdirection? or Because yeah. then some are more blatantly obvious. One of them that I read straight up has a monster at the end. And uh, you find out, you think someone's a human but they're not and Mm -hmm. like that's like a kind of a classic like okay that's a horror thing you know but um i think reading something reading in this short story fashion is what's really interesting is you're going from different subgenres within the overall genre Mm -hmm. um it's really really good i'm i'm really enjoying it uh it's cool because Rather than sitting down and reading a chapter of a book, I'm sitting down and reading an entire story. Yeah. And then the next time I sit down, it's a different experience. That sounds really cool because I like, like I have, I think it's somewhere over there, but I have a collection. It's called Ghost Stories or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they vary. Some are good, some are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you have like a book that's called The Best Horror Stories of yeah. the Year. Um, and it sounds like they've been good stories throughout. They have been. And I think what... Um, Yeah, to that point, actually, when you're getting the best of, that just means you're getting different types, Mm -hmm. you know, because the best are not all going to be the same. Yeah. 
otherwise they wouldn't be the best. They would just be all the same thing. Right, exactly. Um, but these are these have been very, very different. Um, some have just been really somber stories so, mm-hmm. um, and, and like so, seemingly kind of slow paced, but still you're like, what are they building here? Mm-hmm. And then what I'm in now sounds like I'm hearing from the perspective of a different person on every page and it's confusing, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's playing into whatever the, the climax of the story is. So um, it's it's been really good. Um, kind of a cool... Uh, kind of cool to switch pace for me. Sometimes I need that feeling of progression to get through something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in, in just a full, like a novel, um, it's, uh, sometimes I stall out halfway through because yeah. I'm not feeling like the progression, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of cool to bust through a story every time I sit down and the book is just, it's big and cool. It's yeah. one of those like, I don't know, it's just got a cool look it's, to it. It feels cool reading a big book. feels cool reading a big book, Tim. <laughs> That's what the smart people say. Let me see if I can find a, find a cool link for you to go check out the artist here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Have you uh, have you been reading anything while I'm looking for this? Uh, yeah, uh, I think I talked about it a few weeks ago. Um, Naomi, I was reading that book for school. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The one about the guy who I don't know what description I gave back in the day, but uh, because the story goes crazy, but uh, a guy who like uh was like grooming this girl to be his perfect yes. wife and everything. So um, at that point in the story, I think. Um, I was at the point where she was like older and they were just like kind of having fun and stuff. Um, and the novel goes in the direction of her, um, uh, how do I explain it? Her living out her youth, um, trying to live out her youth while he's getting older, but she like missed all the things that she does as a kid, like hanging out with like boyfriends and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the story itself, it, it was weird. Um, it was very like, uh, sexual at times, I guess. Okay. Um, and it was just kind of about this guy who, uh, ultimately, and, uh, I might spoil it just a bit, but becomes, uh, obsessed with her and can't live life without her. And she basically has him wrapped around her finger at the end of the movie. Like they divorce and break up and everything. And then she like kind of comes back and she slowly like taunts him and teases him and all this stuff. And he's like, that's it. I can't do it anymore. And, uh, he just gets caught by her at the end, I guess, like just, just obsessed with her and can't do anything else in, in his life, no matter what he did. It was, so it was kind of like horror in a sense. Really? Um, but I don't, I don't know what the point of reading the story was. Like for your class, you're yeah, saying? exactly. Um, I know we had to write a paper. That's the point of it. And we had to compare it to modern, um, American viewpoints. Okay. Um, I don't know though. I mean, I, I, I just, it was okay, but you know, there's not many times I read an okay book. Did you, know? you ultimately enjoy it, or you're kind of like, Meh. I was having fun for a little while. Like it was, it had some cool moments, like interesting. It was written interestingly, but uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because you hear it from the guy's perspective the whole time. Okay, and when he starts talking about her, how perfect she is, but. Throughout the whole story, you see moments of her not being perfect. It's just like frustrating as a reader, but that's the intention of it, obviously. Sure. But you want your guy to be like, no, tell her to tell her to screw. She's terrible for you and terrible for everyone. <laughs> but instead, he's like crawling back to her and everything. So I I struggle with that sometimes when you know the intention of a piece of work is to cause frustration. Yes. But it's such an annoying emotion mm-hmm. or an, an annoying 
Yeah, I guess that's an emotion. Yeah, that's an emotion. Um, because you're like, oh, good job making me feel this, you jerk. Right. Like, it's like I don't come know what on. to. Yeah, I don't know what to do with it. So, um, yeah, overall it was all right. Um, you know, I, I don't think I'll read it again. But as far as books go, that's probably the only thing I've read. As far as books go, books go. Yeah, I do a lot of reading and games. Okay, there's a lot of text on screen. That's true. There's a lot of text on the screen now. Or like movies, dude. I started uh, Halo Two the other day, and mm-hmm. the opening. It's like it, forty five it minutes, and of it's a movie. movie. Like yeah. it's Halo Two's got such nice graphics. Has too. that always looked that good? No, no, they remade it for Xbox. Okay, One. I yeah. knew it was a remake, but I didn't mm. know they redid the cutscenes. Yeah, yeah, they. Um, that was the big selling point is they remade all of Halo Two. Dang. Uh, and yeah, those cutscenes are like Whoa. they look great. Yeah, I thought I started the wrong game. <laughs> I started Halo Two and I was like, this looks great. Is yeah. this Guardians? Like mm. I didn't know what this was. Yeah, I don't think. I think it's separated. There's you can play just normal Halo Two and Halo Two Anniversary. I think. Um, Is that it? Or can you switch between graphics? You can and switch games? between graphics. Okay. And that and the first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I can remember if you could do that or not. So. Uh, would you recommend Naomi? Uh, if you're into like Fifty Shades of Grey. Really? It's like, that. Like. Because yeah. I know you said it had kind of like a comic vibe too. Not comic book, but like a comedic vibe. Yeah, like they were early on, but as the story goes on, it's more about her like cheating on him with a bunch of other guys and how all of these guys like are switching between her like uh, boyfriends and stuff and him oh. finding out about it. Um, and then, yeah, it's just like he's obsessed with her. Um, like that's the tail end of the story. He's he's like, I'm gonna quit my job and just d- devote all my time to her like a slave, basically. Do you wish you spent your time reading something else? I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for a I class, do. I don't think. I mean, it's considered, I guess, like one of the most prominent Japanese novels out there. Really? Um, sure. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> but I, I don't I know. Guess I wouldn't know to compare it to anything. Yeah, uh, I would say like if you're into that kind of um. Like, I, I personally don't mind all that, uh, like, the sexual stuff part of mm. it. It's, you know, whatever, human nature. But, um, yeah, I would say if you're into more, like, romance novels, like... Sure. Um, or n- not Fifty Shades of Grey to that extent, <laughs> but of the, the... Well, that's interesting, too. Like, I wonder... When I think of romance novels, I just assume they're all, like, super dirty. Yeah. And that's that's what it felt like in the yeah. end. Like, it was just kind of... It wasn't, like, horrifically detailed or anything, mm-hmm. but you could just tell, like, there's... I think I talked about it, but there's scenes where she's, like... Uh, they they call it playtime, and he's, like, pretends to be a horse, and she's on top of him. Not sexually, just riding him like a horse. That's just weird. And I'm just like, okay. But they talk about it, like, ten times throughout the book. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I get it. They're just... Dude, that- they call it like horsing around and stuff, and I'm like, okay, I get it. Wow, that's and incredible. he always like gives her baths. It was just like it was just a weird story, and not one that I would ever choose. Well, I suggest you read. I'd rather read your stories, please. <laughs> uh, one thing I was going to say about that, actually, you can look up. Um, I looked up "Monkeys on the Beach," which was the second one mm-hmm. uh, by Ralph Robert Moore. You can find um, like. I forget what you... Uh, the individual in stories? You can find the stories online. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? Manuscript, maybe, is the word I was looking for. You can find them online. Transcript? Um, I don't know. Something okay. like that. <laughs> but because they're short stories, they've been posted other places and mm-hmm. things like that. Because this is just a collection, you can actually find them elsewhere. Yeah. So for a sample, I would recommend the first two in the book, which, again, is I Remember Nothing by Ann Bilson. That one was super cool. It's a really cool introduction because mm-hmm. it's it's uh, relatively short, but it, it does something really cool in a short time. Mm-hmm. Uh, paints a pretty vivid picture. And then uh, Monkeys on the Beach is one that I would say is is... 
it's one of the stories that had me kind of examining, like, what even is this genre? Like, why is this story in here? Yeah. I can feel that it kind of fits, but I don't really get why. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it, it definitely makes me interested to check out some of these uh, writers' other work, too. Um, and the book itself does have, uh, there's some, there's a story in there by Neil Gaiman, a story in there by Joe Hill. So, oh, cool. Um, there are some other uh, writers in there that I have heard of. Mm-hmm. But, um yeah, that's. Uh, I'm probably not going to go back and read the best of horror of the year, volumes one through ten. You don't think so? Because uh, I feel like that's a lot. That is a lot. I but mean, maybe I will. It's something to at least know. It's good to know that it exists. You know, I, I th- just thought it was interesting. That it was a whole write up on literally everything that came out. Like it's an inclusion of stories, mm-hmm. but it also has like I'm going to bring it over next time so you yeah, can. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see how thick it is. It's yeah, and, and it's just like. She really wrote up like this is everything that came out this year that falls within the genre. She must. I can't imagine she read everything. No, I don't. Yeah, well, I don't at think, least I wouldn't. I think the story think she so. put in, she probably read. I think like, I saw that there were submissions for the book too. Okay, so maybe. but yeah, yeah, interesting. The best horror. So is this the newest volume? Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Cool. Good to know. Um, what an interesting one. We just did movies and books on this episode. That's that's all it was. That's kind of cool. And honestly, the time wise, like I think for just doing two categories to hit an hour and a half is pretty solid. It's pretty wacky. Yeah. yeah. Our podcasts have been comparatively shorter. They have been, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a bad thing though. No. No, we uh maybe more efficient. Some maybe would say. more efficient. Yep. Um, I think uh I think that's it. Sonic music. I gotta keep on talking. Proud of that. you. It's yeah. tough when we're doing two a night. Yeah. I, Your brain's like two sonic music. Yeah, I just feel like we're doing one straight podcast. Yeah, so it's funny. That's crazy. Yeah. Um so. so thank you guys as always for listening. Uh, listening. Yeah, that's I guess that's what I sound like in Tim's head. We'll see you guys next episode, which is gonna be ninety-six. We're gonna see you guys next episode, which is number ninety-six. Leave us a review on iTunes or whatever. Leave us a review on iTunes or whatever. I'm done. Thank you. Bye. I'm done. Don't you bow. If you are unaware, sometimes your pinkies are also your elbows. You ever stretch your arm out as long as it can be, and you're like, oh, boy, that's my pinky. But then you think... Ah, shoot, I forgot the tacos are in the oven. So then you go to the oven and put your elbows in, and you're like, that's not how I pick these up. I got to use my pinkies. And then you open your tacos, and you realize they're already full of meat. And you're like, how'd I cook these tacos? And you're like, oh, yeah, it was my pinky elbows. So I leave you with this. Pinky elbows are not for dinner, just for lunch.